Welcome to The Brave Files, everyone. I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery, and I'm so happy to have you here with us today. Wow, what an incredible Pride Month we have had. It has been a beautiful month of celebration and joy. And, you know, celebration and joy are a way of protesting, which is something I find so powerful and so beautiful. And we often forget that. That joy, allowing yourself to be joyful, allowing yourself to experience all that you believe you are worthy of experiencing, to dream bigger than anyone has ever allowed you to dream, those are forms of protest in the most magical of ways. And that's something that we do here at The Brave Files, week in and week out with every guest. We do it in my Intentionally Brave Entrepreneurs Program and in our Brave on Purpose Collective, which is totally free and a place that I hope each and every one of you will join. Go to Facebook, search Brave on Purpose, answer three questions, come hang out. We celebrate our joy, our care, our self-compassion, and we lean into all of those things in big, beautiful ways. We celebrate our resilience and our gratitude, and those those are forms of radical protest in caring for ourselves and loving for ourselves and taking up the space that we deserve to take up. I am so excited to have you here with me today because I wonder how often do we live our lives out of total routine, right? You're not living in celebration. You're not living in protest. You're just following the path. You're just doing what you've always done. It's rote behavior like brushing your teeth. Are you ever, you know, noticing that maybe you're neither excited nor aware of how you move through your day or how you arrived at each individual moment? That's exactly what I'm talking to this week's guest about. I am so excited. It's fun because I actually met her on Twitter, which I think is really, really cool. My friend Elise Brown is here to talk about waking up to the realities of life and her utter unhappiness. She literally woke up to her her utter unhappiness. And she talks about how she chose to turn it all around and rise from the ashes. Literally, her moment of reckoning was when her home was burned to the ground. We talk about the power and importance of a great pause of reassessment and listening to our own intuition and acting on that intuition. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you because I want you to really resonate with it and sit with it and find ways to bring your own joy forward, to make your life what you want it to be, to stand in that power as a form of protest. I'm so excited. Let's get started. Relentless, passionate, and intuition. This is Heather Vickery, and you're listening to The Brave Files, stories from people living courageously. When we choose bravely in big and small ways, it powerfully elevates our lives. I hope these stories connect with you and encourage you to embrace bravery in every possible way, day after day. Together, we can build a movement of courageous living that enriches both our lives and our communities. And if you enjoy the show, I ask you to please share it with others. Maybe think of someone who you want to choose bravely right alongside you. Thanks for tuning in. Now here's the show. All right, y'all. So I am really excited to welcome today's guest, 
because we are talking about the importance and the power of, of an actual reset, of having experiences in your life that cause you to pause and reflect and go, wait a, wait a minute, hold on, I don't, I don't want to do that. Uh, today, Elise Brown is here, and she, after a literal house fire, she realized that she had been spending her life living for other people and navigating life as a black woman, the oldest child, having a single parent. She realized that this was not the course she wanted to go down and she changed her life and it is incredible. Elise, welcome to The Brave Files. Hello, thank you for having me, Heather. So excited <laughs> to be here. I'm excited too. And I have to just say to folks, cause I'm really, I love Twitter, <laughs> but I don't ever engage with anybody on Twitter, but you and I met on Twitter, which is really fun. We did, we did. Y'all check out both my profile and Elise's on Twitter and be our friends. We just talk smack, I think, usually. <laughs> yes, yes, most likely. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right, well, so yes, I, I I remember chatting with you and just thinking this lady is a powerhouse and I just love your energy and I'm so glad you chose to come on and share this with us. And can you give us a little bit of a background, uh, kind of a shortened version of the history of Elise, but also those moments that led you to realizing that you didn't want to do or be the things that you had up until that point been doing. Yeah, of course. So I'm originally from Kansas City, Missouri. I like to put that out there because I don't know <laughs> what type of preconceived notions people have about Kansas City. But when they meet me, they're like, oh, you're from Missouri. And I'm like, yeah, proud Missourian <laughs> I am. Um, so, and I think this is a great part of the story too, my story specifically, but I was raised by a single parent. Um, I have a younger sister very much was involved in a variety of different things growing up from sports to different various activities, community service, etc. So I have a passion, um, to just being inquisitive. I feel like you should always try a little bit of everything, but the biggest thing I am is I'm very much have to be involved in everything because I feel like I never want to miss out. But I also think mm. that I grew up very much of like, there was a lot of responsibility on my shoulders just because as the oldest child, as someone that loves her family, always want to see the best of, in everyone. I think my mom was an incredible human being and growing up, she's taught me a lot and really laid the foundation for who I am. And of course my younger sister who I love dearly, like those two women mm -hmm. are kind of my anchor. And I think with that being said too, as well, because when you grow up in a single parent household at times, you feel like, you know, you have a journey to be successful. You have a one track mind and this is what's going to get me to be the most success. I need to have, you know, a traditional background. I need to have X, Y, and Z. Mm. So like for me, I just had a very clear path growing up. It's like, this is how I want to see my life because this is what society believes that it should be, et cetera. So yeah, I hear so much and I feel so much with that. I was raised by a single parent. I'm an only child, so there's a little bit difference. I didn't have that caregiving component. But then this idea of we have to follow this track, we have to behave this certain way, we have to do this because this is what society wants. I certainly felt that. Mm -hmm. And then I, I would imagine, uh, although I cannot say because I do not have the experience as a, a white woman, but that that is a whole, takes it to a whole different level when you are a black woman, especially in America. No, absolutely. And like you have, and honestly, when you grow up, it's very much, it's like, you know, you have to work 10 times harder as most people to mm -hmm. get to where you need to. And that's just point blank. They say that black women are one of the most educated groups in America. And I wholeheartedly believe that. Yeah. 
Yeah, most educated and most underappreciated, underutilized, underrecognized. And you realize that when you walk into a boardroom, you walk into certain institutions, like you know you have to be on your A-game as always. You can't let your vulnerability show because it could break you. Oh, man, that sucks so bad. I I I do so much work with people um, on, on leaning into their vulnerability. And I do really believe that... We lead happier, healthier lives and have more thriving business when we are vulnerable. But I I hear what you're saying and it's I don't know what the answer is to that because it I don't know. Can it really be like put up a a wall and, and fake your shit? because you got to play the game is there is there are there any other options is that changing at all i hope it does change overall i think that everything that happened with george floyd yeah i feel like allow there to be more space and this is personally but also within like across industries for black individuals to really aspire to be more and to also have a seat at the table of variety of different you know yeah i mean I think stereotypes just, suck. No, it does. I think it's really challenging, though, when there's so many microaggressions. So if yeah. you do show a bit of vulnerability, if you're upset, et cetera, you get cast as the one with the attitude, et cetera. So you have to mm-hmm. you have to continue keeping, you know, that in the back of your head. And that I that's vigilance. Why, yeah. And that's why I think it's so important for black women, especially to have therapy. I get therapy mm. on a regular basis because you don't yeah. realize like being born Black and walking this earth as a black individual, that comes with a different level of layers that you wouldn't know. No one else, unless you're in that shoes, would experience. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for that. Was honest and vulnerable. And uh, again, these are things that I know, but I don't know because I can't know because yeah, I'm of course. a black person <laughs> yeah. in America. Um but this, you are a fighter for diverse voices. And I think that started for you very early. And it's turned into something that you do professionally sort of across the board. Uh, and and I am too, but it's different when it comes from somebody. I mean, I, I'm diverse simply because I'm female and we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're still screwed in a patriarchal <laughs> society and I'm LGBTQ, right? I'm lesbian. So, but, but again, adding that layer of being, of being black in America is just something that is so unfathomable to me where I can be certainly very, very, very sympathetic, but I have clients, amazing, beautiful, brilliant black woman clients. And, and it's really hard to say to them, you should be allowed to get mad, but they can't because then you get the angry black woman yep. thing, right? And so often I will refer folks out because I feel like I'm not the right, I'm not, I, can't, I don't know. It depends on what they were trying to grow on. But what are you seeing as far as something that leads to some hope and some change in that space as you fight for diverse voices? Yeah, I, I think that this is what gives me hope is that organizations are seeing the value of ensuring that minorities as a whole, so black and minority um, individuals as a whole need to be in these organizations. And specifically, let me just talk about marketing because that's what I do. I'm, I'm a marketer. <laughs> like you can see campaigns, et cetera, 
kind of changing the way they go about creatively expressing what they're trying to get across. And you can tell, yeah. honestly, right away, if they don't have diverse talents in the forefront of that campaign. And that's a problem. I mean, the way that society is moving, there needs to be a level of diversity at any organizations across the yeah. board. And I don't just mean yeah. women. I mean black Absolutely. and minority underrepresented communities. That's how you're going to grow because we know we've seen it time and time again with research and a variety of different studies that diversity leads to innovation. And if you want to mm. continue to be a purpose-driven organization, then you need to walk the walk because it's really not that hard to be diverse. And so for me, <laughs> it, get, it really is not. I say it all the time. It's really not. I know. It's really yeah. not. It's fascinating. My partner owns a diversity and inclusion company called the Equality Institute. Oh, I love and that. she had a, a conversation with a big bank CEO a couple of years ago. And he said, it's really hard to find people of color who have PhDs. And she said, why in the world do you need a PhD to do this job? Correct. Like it's time to redefine what the skill set should be. Absolutely. It is time because the one thing I see too, and I'm in VC, so venture capital. So I'm investing in startups. So early stage startups within our VC company. The one thing I would say too, it's like, do you know how many of the founders I see walk through the doors that don't have a variety of different degrees? They just have their intuition, their passion, and that's what gets them through the door. And that's sometimes all you need. So for me, it's like, yeah, if you need a, you know, a specific degree, but it's just like the one thing that really gets to me, and this goes back to, you know, the comment around the PhD is only targeting a variety of different universities too as well. Absolutely. You target a certain demographic, a certain university. I mean, that is... That's when you're that going to fall short. It's a, yeah, it's a microaggression itself. Correct. It's a um, it's that systemic racism that we see. Like if you're only looking in these places, and also a lot of these skills can be taught, right? Get the right person in with the right personality that connects with you and your business, and then train them. Absolutely. Like I think about it all the time. I went to school, born and raised in Missouri, and went to school in Missouri. Mm -hmm. Do you know how many times I walk in a room, like granted, I'm in financial services, so I think that's a bit different, but I walk in a room and I'm the only individual not from Ivy League. And I'm it's like, sure you would have been, you would have missed out on this if you would have only done Ivy <laughs> League. I think that all the time because I have a sense of confidence yeah. now, you yeah. know, through, yeah. through like how I got here, you know, uh, saying, you know what, you're, you're intelligent. You have great intuition. You're relentless. Like you got this, Elise. So I think yeah, I always you say you sometimes have to keep the white man energy when you go into places because it's like every single day I, you have to because you don't know how many times energy. when you're just like, <laughs> you got this job and you barely have the same like <laughs> background as I do. And I think that that's something that I want to see more um, individuals kind of take charge of their career on, but also just yeah. their personal life. Be confident in what you have in the background, because I'm going to tell you before I decided that I was going to make a turn and really like live for myself. I was very insecure about my past. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So as I mentioned in the intro, uh, you experienced a literal house fire. So t let's just go a little bit forward. Tell us what your life was like before the fire. Yeah. So I would say I very much did everything by the book. You know, traditionally went mm -hmm. to school, like we saw, picked a career, which I'm happy I picked the career I did, but picked 
a specific degree where I could, you know, get a secure, a really great job. So within marketing, et cetera. And I knew I wanted to work for, you know, a larger institution. I know I wanted a boyfriend because I potentially wanted to get married because I really, really, really sought out like a traditional household of having a man and a woman and a household having two kids, et cetera. But I also was very, I was also looking at other people's lives and I'm like, I need that life to succeed. Mm, I need that life I need to that succeed. Life to see. That's, uh-huh. And I think that it's gotten incredibly hard even now. So sometimes I even mm. to this day have to reset. It wasn't as bad as it is now with everything happening in social media. You see everyone's successes. People hardly ever show their lows on social. And even then, like back mm. eight, 10 years ago, I think like nine years ago, like people are just starting to really like, you know, express everything going on in their lives on social. But even during that time, like you find yourself comparing yourself to other people that are, you know, so much more in a better place than you, which gets really difficult, especially when you're like, I could do that. I could see myself in that. So it was a lot of comparing. It was a lot of feeling self-doubt, being depressed because I didn't like the relationship I was in. I didn't like where I was. I wasn't happy with the role I was in. So I just was really like in a very low place. Oh, and that's I, that's so sad. But I, I just want to quickly, you know, when you were talking about that, I really think it's all bullshit. I just it doesn't matter how amazing somebody's life looks on social media. It is not <laughs> like like they may, may they may be happy. I'm not saying that, but I, I just don't. I just don't think we see real truths very often from people in that space. And and that's something I personally strive to be really honest about. Like some days are hard and, and some days aren't. But uh, it sets up these wildly unrealistic expectations for what we want. And the goal is that success needs to be self-defined instead of self-compared. And I think you did that, right? So you, your house burned down, like literally your house burned down. Yeah, so... And I'll even be more clear, an entire apartment complex burnt down. Wow. An entire apartment complex. I like to reinforce that. So just not even my and my small apartment where I share with somebody else, but an entire apartment complex with other people, like with other people's things, et cetera. So that, so seeing everything burn down and knowing that you can never go back into that home and knowing that and take out the material things. My grandfather had just died like a year or so ago, and he mm. and I was left his items. Those things burnt down with everything else. So mm. what I had on my back when I left out, which was, I think, like a dress at the time, et cetera, and a clutch, that's all I had. Oh, yeah, to lose absolutely everything in those special momentums. And there's, first of all, it's wildly tragic. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't imagine what that would be like. But then also, on some level talking about a reset, like material things are material things, no matter how attached we are to them. So what, what changed for you after that? It was crazy. Cause I, I, I thought about this before we jumped on, I was just like, what did you feel in that moment? And I went back and I kind of had a moment with myself yesterday, seeing everything light up and knowing how, like, how, dark I felt even before this not really being fulfilled in what I was doing and kind of the relationship I was in it just made me feel even more broken so I'm not gonna lie I didn't feel like at right after that I didn't feel like 
automatic, like I felt like a reset. It took around a year for me to really figure out and really be very much in tune with myself of what do you want to do? Mm. How do you want to move forward? And what changes do you want to make? Yeah. I mean, that's everybody listening. Just fairly regularly do that. What do you want to do? Ask yourself this. Sit with it. Write about it. Speak about it. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, or just think about it. What do you want to do? What do you want to change? How do you want to be in the world? I, I love that. And and what did you discover? What did you find? When yeah, you did it's that? crazy. And off the back of what you just had, said, Heather, I do that every six months. Good for you. Because uh, so regular reassessment. That yeah. is like a checkpoint for me. And I have a journal and I write down what do I want to focus on for those six months. And it's really helped me continue to stay true to myself. Now, granted, I'll need some help along the way. Like I believe in therapy. I believe in like executive coaches, et cetera, because yeah. I think that's really yeah. important to have someone that's in tune to your well-being other than yourself. Absolutely. Um, but when I sat there and like after, you know, that year of like kind of growing and seeing where I wanted to end up, one thing I knew to be true, I didn't like my job. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I don't like how this makes me feel. There's tons of microaggressions within the job. I feel mm. not the confident person I once was. I feel like people are taking me for granted. I knew that the individual I was with at that time that was not my forever, but I also had this deep sinking feeling of like, maybe I don't want to like have the traditional life. Mm. I'm totally fine because for me, life partnership is so much more than, you know, marriage or et cetera. Not that I'm saying sure. that that is not amazing, but like there was a lot of things I self-assessed. Like, why do I feel this way? Why do I want these yeah. things? And I honestly made a list of pro and cons lists. Okay. What do you like right now? And what do you not like? Um, and I knew that in order for me to really be the person I knew I could be, I had to look deep within my soul to realize mm. like what I'm most passionate about. I knew I was most passionate about diverse voices, mm-hmm. helping entrepreneurs, um, being able to travel because I never was. Yeah, I grew up me traveling. too. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. traveling, I knew I loved food, different cultures. And I knew it was inquisitive of learning and being around new types of people that really helped me see, you know, see really great things about different parts of the world and just people in general. Um, so that was something that took me a while to get to. But once I was there, I looked up, I looked at my best friend and who's still my best friend today. And I said, I want to move. I don't have a job, (laughs) but I know I need a move to really feel like I'm making a change. She looked at me and she was like, I think I want to do that with you. Yes. Where? Okay. So now where'd you move to? To New York. There you go. <laughs> and I would, I know people have different views on this, but like when I tell you I moved without a job, I actually don't eat. <laughs> I think about this sometimes. I'm like, New York used to be much different than people that are live in New York, you know, even eight years ago. Like there was just so many things to do, a lot of free things. So you didn't have to worry about money as much. But like there uh-huh. was a time where like I've never been without a job since I was 13 years old. This was my mm-hmm. first time of kind of like not thinking of plans. I'm very much a planner. Like I like to have a plan B and a just in case. And I, I just felt like my intuition was telling me to go, but I also knew that I would be okay. I love that. I love trusting your intuition, talking about closing your eyes and just making a brave leap. Uh, you had, tell me why you think, I love that you had this sort of just deep sense of knowing. What do you think? 
created that in you? This is something I'm I'm really fascinated by across the board with who has that and who doesn't have that and and why? What builds that in you? So I would say my anchor. So my mom, she's the one that always is like, you got to keep pushing. You have to think within. And I think that my mom's a social worker by trade. So I grew up in a very like filling based household. Like if you feel something, go with it. Um, I love that. I think for me, I've always been very in tune. I'm a true Aquarius woman, very in tune. (laughs) I'm very, I'm very, I'm a very driven Aquarius woman, but very in tune with, if I don't like something, it like destroys me. Like I can't think it straight. I, I know something's off. I'm not as sharp. And so for me, when I get that feeling, something's wrong and I need to be still. And so I feel like if you, everyone has it, you just got to listen to yourself. I think that's the key. And when you even get an inkling, a sense of knowing, if you ever get an inkling of that, be still, take a moment, take a walk, do whatever you need to do. And you need to write down what you're feeling and then act on that feeling. Because if not, you'll see changes, unwanted changes that affect your day. Unwanted ones. Unwanted changes that affect your day to day. We talk about that. I talk about that in my in my new book that's coming out this fall, which is change is going to happen. That's the only thing we know for sure. We really don't know anything else for sure. But you have a decision to make, collective you. We all have a decision to make. Are we going to let changes happen to us or are we going to guide those changes? Correct. And that comes from that that stillness and that knowing. And I love that about you. I, I, I love everything about you. But... Because you are also, and and I think a lot of people struggle with these two sides of themselves, the right brain, the left brain, you also systemize and and you love to plan and you're in finance and you do, you know, very, I think probably very type A, but you're able to use that knowing and use that intuition and really understand yourself. And I think a lot of folks struggle to be able to do those things at the same time. Yes. And I would say too, I live by this rule. You can take it or leave it, whoever like is listening right now. But I definitely <laughs> live by life is precious. I don't like to yeah. waste time. And I mm-hmm. feel like before I was wasting time, now I'm living and I'm deciding what best serves me. And if I'm doing something that I don't feel like serves me, that's a role I have. If that's people I'm around, if that's an environment I'm in, I know I need to move quickly and decide what will better serve me. Hmm. Yes, my friend. I love that so much. I think you're such an inspiration. I'm curious. Okay, what happened? You moved to New York on a no money. Well, I don't know what money situation, but no job. And what happens when you get there? So when I get there, I took I think three or four months to figure out what I wanted to do. Now. After a while, I'm like, oh, I do need a job. So I took something. <laughs> I took I took a job as like an analyst somewhere where I'm like, oh, this could be interesting. Didn't end up liking it. And again, okay. listen to my intuition. I was like, I need to find something else. And I think that everything was aligned and someone ended up reaching out to me about another role that allowed me to travel, lean into different things, which ended up being a blessing in disguise because I met some incredible people. And there I really learned like what I loved and what I didn't love about marketing. Um, And then from there, I just decided to working in a larger corporation, like I wanted to lean into smaller, smaller, um, midsize businesses that allowed me to lean into a variety of different roles and responsibilities. And it's been an incredible journey ever since. That's so cool. I mean, you really took ownership over 
how your life was going to go, who you were going to be in the world. And I want everyone who's listening to, despite whatever your history has told you, to lean into this idea that you have control and power. You can create change. You can get what you want. Uh, and a lot of that comes from that that stillness and that knowing. And I'm wondering, do you, Elise, have any sort of daily rituals or self-care practices or anything like that that help you continue to tap into that that sense of self-awareness and knowing and guidance? Yeah, I would say... Okay, so I'm really big on my mornings and I'm really big like fully on my day. I think about what my day is going to be every single day and that's in the morning working out or doing something that makes me feel, gives me energy to be the most productive. Um, I would say one thing I do think is important is doing good for your body. So Mm. I'm really into just Pilates, stretching, not yoga, because I need a little bit of weights here or there, but Pilates <laughs> really is good for the soul. And I just love just moving my body in the morning. That for me gives me, is an anchor for me to like keep going throughout the day. So whatever that yeah. is, a walk, et cetera. And then when I feel like a lot of anxiety about something, what's helpful for me is to read or to journal. Mm, yeah, I love that. What do you read in that scenario? Oh, I... I, it's so crazy because I love all types of variety of different things, memoirs to nonfiction to fiction. The latest one I actually read, which I think that everyone should read, is Cicely Tyson's As I Am. Oh, it's so incredible. When I, I tell to you, it. that is probably mm. one of the best memoirs I've ever yeah. read. And I'm, yeah, it was exceptional. And someone that reads a lot, like her entire life and how she lived with so much purpose. I mean, the fact yeah. that she passed away right after that means something to me. That means that she, days, days, days she literally after was it like, was okay, I've given you all my life. Here you go. Yeah. And I just oh, it gives think, me chills. It gives me chills yeah. when I think about it. So I recommend that memoir to anyone because for someone that is looking to like, you know, pivot or, you know, just change the dynamic of their lives, like that, that memoir was just so. It was exceptional. I think that's the only it way was. to say it. <laughs> yeah. No, it was. I love memoirs. Me um, I usually listen to them on, on Libro.fm. This is not intended to be a sponsor plug, but they do support the Brave Files podcast. And if you want to support your local bookstores instead of Amazon, you can get a f- free book from Libro. I love that. And that's that. where I listen. I love it. You go to vickeryandco.com slash Libro.fm. You can get a free book. Uh, that was not my plan, but I, I do really love it. I love supporting local businesses. I think it's really, really important to do that. And I enjoy listening to memoirs. In the very beginning of Cicely Tyson's memoir, she reads herself. And the, it's just magical. It it's really It's quite frankly is. just really magical. So I love that. And I love this notion that you, when something feels off or wrong, that that you journal or read or just sort of anything we can ch- we can change, shift the narrative, right? We can change the experience and the moment, and then we get a little more clarity. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think that's key. Yeah, you have done so many incredible things in your life. Do you stop and celebrate them, and how do you celebrate? Okay, so (laughs) I'm probably the worst person to ask this question because I'm one of those people that are always also forward-looking. 
So I've been trying to do better at stopping. It's like, oh my God, I've done that. I feel really great. Yeah. And I recently did that with something big that happened in my life, like a, promo- a promotion actually. And I was just like, wow, that was really like, I worked hard for that and I actually got what I'm deserving of. And for that, yeah. I did take a moment and I just kind of like walked. I walked and kind of thought about kind of everything I've done to get me to this place and where I want to go next and how I want to help others. So for me, like that was really big, but usually I have not. I'm always like, okay, what else can I do? What else can I do to help Mm. myself, but also improve myself and then also support other people too as well. Sure. This is, I love that you shared that and that you were really vulnerable and honest about it. This is actually something that I work with my clients, my coaching clients on is the importance of of that pause, of that reflection, of that celebration of successes, because we often get, we're so busy looking down the road and what we're, what are we going to build next? What are we going to create next? That we don't acknowledge just how far we've come and just how much work we've put in. And something about that, actually scientifically, it's not just like emotionally or, or metaphysically or any of that. Like it, it rewires your brain a little bit to bring you more towards growth, to bring you even more success and more motivation to doing the other things. And I would love, I'll I'll bet you, you celebrate in some ways that you don't even realize you're celebrating because sometimes the pause, the journal, the reflection, um, those can be celebrations. No, absolutely. I think you're spot on Heather. I just, I'm trying to reflect more. Yeah. Especially when those moments happen. And I think that everyone should because it will pass you by really quickly. Yeah. Well, will you come back and let me know or like tweet me and tell me how (laughs) something happened? I reflected what do you (laughs) I reflected? (laughs) Everyone should be celebrating this. I absolutely will. Because if you all haven't followed Heather, she's very (laughs) inspirational. She gets me thinking about certain things sometimes on Twitter. So I'm just putting out there. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's awesome. I love it. Well, I think we could talk for a really long time. I'm going to be in New York and uh, near Thanksgiving. Maybe we could meet. I would love that. I would take drink. you on a great food journey, too. You just let me know. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the way in on that. Let's do it. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'd love to, to stay in touch and, and make that happen. But before we go, um, I get to ask you a question that is really, really important to me. And I'm actually going to like totally share with everybody the conversation we had before we started recording. So I want to know what your favorite charitable organization is to support. And you were super kind and respectful and you were like, so (laughs) I have these and I don't know, can I, can I get this political on your show? And I'm like, yes, (laughs) bring it on because I am clearly an open book and those who love me, love me. And those who don't, don't. And that's totally fine with me. So will you share your favorite charitable organization with us? Yes. So I said Planned Parenthood. So especially being from um, Missouri, there is a lack of clinics available for women that might want abortions or other um, related needs. So for me, it's something that I've always been passionate about. I think that a woman deciding what to do with her body should be her choice. I want to say that again, her choice, no one else's. So when I see anyone taking that away from women, it does something to my soul so very much. I always encourage anyone around me, like, please donate to those types of organizations because it's only going to help 
um, women out there. Absolutely. We're big supporters here of Planned Parenthood. I personally donate every month to them and, and for all sorts of other reasons, not beyond just choice, yep, but health. Correct. And they, they, they do so many amazing things uh, for all female, anyone assigned female at birth, right? So Absolutely. even um, trans men can get treatment from Planned Parenthood. And, and that's a really underserved community that really needs that support. So they'll be our charity of the week. And um, anytime we get a chance to give a little extra love to them, I always want to do that. So y'all, just as I say to you every week, um, give them a little love, whatever it is that you have, time, money, shares, likes, all of those things. Um, Elise, this is so, this has been so much fun. Can you share your three words with us one last time? Of course. Relentless, passionate, and intuition. Mm-hmm. I particularly love relentless. And that may not be a word we've ever had anyone in, in um, all of these three years of producing the show. Relentless is a magical word. It has this sort of negative connotation to it, I think. But it, but the way that you are relentless is so inspiring. Thank you. I so appreciate you. I live by those three on a regular basis. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's beautiful. And y'all, I want you to be relentless. I want you to be relentless in your pursuit of of a life of your dreams, in your pursuit of creating a business or a workspace or a family or whatever it is that lights you up, whatever it is that you want. Let me just urge you to think a little bit beyond what you think your ceiling is. That's what making the brave leap is all about. And that's what relentless is all about. Go further than as far as you think you can go. Just, just push yourself a little bit further or dream a little bit further even and see what opens up for you. This is amazing. Elise, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thank you so much, Heather. This has been a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful journey for me, even for the last 30 plus minutes. I love it. Yay. Thank you. All right, folks. I want to know what you're hearing here. What's opened up for you? Give me a call. 312-646-0205. And let me know what you think or how you're out choosing Bravely. You can also hit me up, send me a DM on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, anywhere. I'm all the places and I do respond personally and I would love to connect with you. If you like this episode, do me a favor, share it with somebody. Tell somebody else that you think it might uh, impact their day or their life or open up something for them and subscribe, rate, and review to the show wherever you listen to podcasts because we are the little podcast that could and we cannot do it without you. So thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you so, so much. And this is Heather Vickery reminding you today and every day to go out and choose bravely. Hey, friends, I want to share something really exciting with you. We already know you enjoy listening to podcasts because you're listening to this one, but I'm also betting you enjoy audiobooks. And hey, listen, if you don't already enjoy audiobooks, then it's time to check them out. That's why I'm really excited to share Libro.fm with you. They are an incredible new platform for listening to audiobooks. And by choosing Libro.fm over other audiobook services, you are supporting a local bookstore of your choice and investing in your local community. Libro.fm offers over 150,000 audiobooks via their primary platform, which, by the way, they built with love and from scratch because they're a small business also. They even offer bookseller recommendations for great audiobook options. 
You can sign up right now via www.vickeryandco.com slash LibroFM. That's vickeryandco.com slash L-I-B-R-O-F-M. And when you do, you'll get one free audiobook of your choice, and the proceeds will go to your favorite local bookstore. Now, check what I just said there. You're going to get a free book, and the proceeds are still going to go to your local bookstore because Libro.fm makes sure that their booksellers get paid even when they give a promo to customers. I've listened to over 20 audiobooks this year alone. I especially love listening to memoirs read by the author, and it feels great knowing that all of my purchases support my local bookstore, The Book Table, in Oak Park, Illinois. Libro.fm. The same audiobooks, the same price, but a completely different story. Check them out right now at vickeryandco.com slash Libro.fm. Have you ever thought about starting a podcast? Maybe you've had this thought and then quickly shut it down because who has the time? Or you don't know how, or gosh, it just all seems too hard. If you have something to share with the world, we want to encourage you to get your message out. The world needs to hear it. Did you know that 50% of all homes are podcast fans? If you've ever wondered about having your own podcast or how it can increase your business or get your message across, then please join me and the other experts from the Podcast Power Academy for our monthly free Q&A session. It's called, So You Want to Start a Podcast? This casual live conversation will help you understand how podcasting can be a great decision, why now is the best time to get started, and how to get into action with it. Visit podcastpoweracademy.com to learn more. You've been listening to The Brave Files, stories of people living courageously. To learn more about the show, find our show notes and full episode transcripts, or to get some great bonus content, visit thebravefilespodcast.com. And we would love to know what you think of the show. You can give us a call at 312-646-0205. Let us know your thoughts on the episode, the show in general, or maybe share with us how you're out choosing bravely. This episode is brought to you by Vickery & Co. Success Coaching. Coaching that helps you maintain a life well-lived and a business well-run. Learn more at vickeryandco.com. Our music was created and produced in a custom collaboration with Matt Lewis from ML Creative Consulting, a boutique firm dedicated to helping clients identify their unique sound and amplify their brand with custom delivered soundtracks. We couldn't do any of this without our extraordinary audio engineer, Andrew Olson. Learn more about him and check out his work at findandrewolson.com. And special thanks to everyone on Team Brave from our producers, associate producers, copy editors, writers, and support team. Special thanks to Molly, Mary, Kim, Sabra, and Sabrina. I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week.